Yes, indeed, Father God, the war goes on. It's ferocious and furious, but you are the winner. We thank you, Father God, for giving us today eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive and comprehend the urgency of this hour that we live in. Lord, the stakes are high. It's the souls, eternal souls, the destinies of men and women, um, human beings that are being fought over, Father, by the enemy. Uh, for we ask that you, Father God, you've given us already the way to salvation through Jesus Christ, through your blood. You've satisfied the law. You've given us your righteousness. We thank you for giving us power also to bind and to lose power over all the power of the enemy, that nothing shall by any means hurt us, Lord. I pray that your people would rise up and be anointed to use that power. I thank you, Lord. You said you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So thank you for the truth and the revelation of Jesus Christ today to everyone who hears and in the places where they need to hear, Father God, that you'd speak clearly, that they wouldn't become confused about whether it's them or you or whatever it is. They will know that it's the, your spirit bearing witness with our spirit. We thank you again, Lord, for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that you are faithful to keep your word, that we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that it is, it is you who work in us, both the will and do of your good pleasure. So we pray that you would work mightily to reveal the revelation of Jesus Christ to us and that those weapons of uh, the enemy would not prevail. Those fiery darts of fear and doubt would not penetrate through the shield of faith, Father God. And we thank you again for wisdom and counsel. We thank you for your instruction and may we speak today as the oracles of God. Amen. Hey, just before we get started today, I want to just give you guys a couple of heads up. There's a really cool movie that was written, that was done in 2018. You might really enjoy it. Um, and it's called Heaven's War. Heaven's War. It's about the spiritual warfare. They do a very good job of making it very current, very relevant, and actually shockingly accurate, considering it was done in 2018. You might really enjoy that. It's called Heaven's War. It will encourage your faith and show you the true depths of, of this battle. The second thing is check out our website at liferecovery.com for tools, weapons, information, help, encouragement. Um, don't forget God on Trial, our audio drama, which is awesome. Uh, very encouraging, helpful, even to kids. They love it because it, it's just um, so impactful in the truth of what's really going on in this war. So those are a couple things. Um, and now let's begin. What, what are we talking about today, Jerry? Well, there's a great question that's in Acts chapter 16, and um, it's the Philippian jailer. Um, Paul was in prison. Paul and Silas are in prison. They sing and praise God at midnight. God sends an earthquake, opens the prison doors, and the prisoners stay there, and the jailer is freaking out. And he says, Acts 16.30, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Mm-hmm. What must I do to be saved? This is a question. Nobody uh, asks much anymore. Not, not too many people ask that anymore. Uh, some people try to find their salvation in money, in power, and yeah. distractions, um, entertainment, um, you know, all that. 
Well, the thing is, you know, what you're saying here is this jailer, he realized that um, there was a crisis moment here. The earthquake had set them free, Paul and Silas, and yet they didn't run out. Therefore, he was he would have been killed if they would, he'd have lost his prisoners. So he, what must I do to be saved? He saw the awesome acts of God in that place on behalf of Paul and Silas that caused this, this heathen to freak out, what must I do to be saved? And then Paul gives him the, the remedy and the, the explanation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we go back into Romans chapter 3. We have to understand that we're all lost. Everybody was born into this world, turned in the wrong direction. And in Romans chapter 3, it says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. This is very, um, you know, familiar scriptures to some, but it's a shocking people that most people these days do not even comprehend sin or salvation or the need for salvation. The, the general population of earth are pretty much consumed with survival and safety. And they don't, and they're looking at, you know, just basically preserving their life. And for what purpose, I don't know, because there isn't really a very satisfying or stable end to any life on this planet outside of Jesus Christ. So we have that issue. And I think that's our problem because people don't even realize anymore, like this jailer suddenly realized, what must I do to be saved? He, well, he realized he was he was scared. I'm sure he was very scared. Maybe he was um, just thinking, how, how do I get saved from this earthquake? And because it looks, I mean, if the prisoners are out, he's going to die. What do I do? How do I get out of this? Um, I don't know how much he understood of it spiritually. Paul and Silas were praising yeah. God at midnight well, and, and, and probably knew they were there for preaching. Maybe he had heard something about the gospel. Or heard about these guys. Or heard about these guys at mm-hmm. least. And, and he, so he cries out. But so, you have to realize he was a pagan. He didn't know anything about this sort of stuff. He was just basically doing his pagan rituals, I'm sure, to appease the gods, make them happy so they wouldn't bring curses and judgments upon him. Yeah, and some people, you know, they said, well, if I just get the right kind of religion. And yeah. there's just all sorts of religions all over the world. Combinations, there's yes, concoctions. Humanism, yep. communism, mm-hmm. uh, Buddhism, Hinduism. Uh, new Age. E- new Age. Uh, you know, Christianity, so-called Christian yeah. religion, if I just maybe go to church or whatever. Right. And, and going to church, I think it isn't, isn't even in the minds of most people no. these days. Well, it, it's uh, a club. If, if they're going, it's a club. But in Romans chapter 3, again, going back to some, the Jews were trying to use the law as a means to salvation. And that was a, they were a, a peculiar group. They were a, a small group of people on the planet that were trying to use the law to get saved. But then in uh, Romans 3, um, 21, it says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. There is no difference. So there is one way to salvation as through the faith in Jesus Christ. Well, Paul and Silas re- responded to his question, the Philippine jailer's question, what must they do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. So this this message of salvation is available to everyone. It's believe. Now, there's a difference between believing and believing. Uh, James well, says that the the devils believe, yeah, demons right. believe. Right. They have actually more faith in God than most people. <laughs> and revelation. Yeah, but they're not going to be saved. Because they... They, they recognize... Right. 
the, the, at least in part, they, they, they the believe and tremble, right? They, they believe and they tremble. Uh, and we, we say we believe, but we don't tremble very That's much. That's right. He the, says, there's, there's a lack of, of, of fear of the Lord. And, and why is this? And part of it is, the is God because of this world. The, God, the God of this world uh, has blinded the minds of those that Absolutely. don't believe. So their people yep. are, are, are so blinded by, you know, all, through all kinds of things. Right. Through, through entertainment, through religion, through uh, just their own crisis, the crises in their lives. They're blinded to their sin. They're blinded to the need of eternal salvation. They're blinded to the need uh, of their own being lost. And, and it says in 22, um, the righteousness of God, which comes through faith in Jesus Christ, is for all. He says, for all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All, no one is eligible for heaven, and no one is becomes eligible for heaven based on good works or good behavior or giving money or any other thing. It's being justified by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. So Jesus becomes the the satisfying of the law. His blood uh, satisfies the demands of death, so that we can be saved. Now, um, why to demonstrate even now? That his right, that that uh, his righteousness, um, is, and he he is the the justifier of those who have faith in Jesus Christ. So now we have to go to the present day, where no one seems to know really who Jesus is, and there's many arguments against him, many reasons why people uh, reject him. Uh, but we go to, to what Jesus himself said in John chapter three, when Nicodemus came, and he said, um, you know. Jesus says, except a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That wasn't exactly Nicodemus's first question. He, I don't even know if he had a question. He just well, said, he we said, know you're a teacher in Israel. Um, nobody can do these miracles except God be with him. Right, but he wasn't saying about how do I be saved. But Jesus was, then he pulled it right into the most critical issue of being saved. It's not about doing miracles. It's not about signs and wonders. It's not about being impressed. It's about... Are you saved? How do you get saved? And well, that's he, he said in John three five, Jesus answered, "Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God." So, he says, "That which is born of the flesh is flesh; that which is born of the Spirit is spirit." So, we're, we're physically born, and then we need to be spiritually born, born, born again, again yeah. or born anew. Mm-hmm. And, and so, there's a spiritual birth here that that needs to take place. And how how is this accomplished? Well, it seems like no one understands or even questions or even this idea of a spiritual birth. They think that you're born, you're here, now you're struggling, striving, trying to get rich, trying to survive, trying to whatever you're doing. But no one goes beyond that to think about eternal life because for now, many people have come to be indoctrinated with the idea that we're uh, an accident, um, we're just a, a... evolutionary mutation mutation, and there is no purpose, there was no origin, therefore there's no destiny uh, to obscure the idea that we come from God. Well, another thing too is that, you know, a spiritual rebirth, some people feel like, oh, I've fallen in love, I found this woman or this man of my dreams, I feel like I've been born again. And then there's people that, you know, through different sorts of meditations and rituals and things, you can kind of be reborn into the spirit. Or you kind of, you know, in in some religions that you just kind of get yourself into nothingness, you empty your mind, and that's how you kind of come through 
some spiritual awareness. Well, Jesus is very focused here on his conversation with Nicodemus. He doesn't turn to the right or to the left. He's going to drive this point home all the way to the end. And as we follow his, um, he talks about, you know, obviously the two births, the water and the spirit. Um, He says, do not marvel to Nicodemus that you must be born again. He says, however, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. He says, there's a, there's a mystery to this thing. You can't necessarily lay your hand on it or see it with your eye. Uh, and then Nicodemus says, well, how can these things be? And then he's got this question. Um, and Jesus says, well, are you a teacher in Israel and you don't even know the stories? You don't even know the history? Um, Jesus says, we testify what we have seen and know. He says, Jesus came here to be that witness, to testify. He came from heaven, descended to the earth, told us what's going on, and then reascended to heaven. He says, if I tell you earthly things and you do not believe me, how will you tell uh, believe er- heavenly things? He says, um, he says, remember the story of Moses who lifted up his serp- the serpent in the wilderness. What did he do that for? Why did he do that? What was the point of that? He was trying to make Nicodemus think, getting us back to thinking uh, and, and, and questioning our destiny and, and what's, what's happening. So Nicodemus was a, a very you know, popular, influential teacher in Israel. He, of course, he knew the Old Covenant. He knew the Old Testament. He <clears throat> understood that uh, there was this whole story of the serpent. When the people were rebelling against God, Israelites were rebelling against God, and at one point, the Lord allowed you know serpents to come, snakes mm-hmm. to come and bite them, and they were, they were po- poisonous snakes as a result of their their sin, their rebellion, their disobedience. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said Moses cried out to the Lord, and he said, "Okay, make a serpent out of brass, put it on a pole, a snake on a pole, mm-hmm. and all it ha- all the people have to do is just look, look at, at it, it, and they'll live." Yeah. So the poison. So- the poison would be canceled in their bodies and they would live. Look and live. See, this is what the point Jesus was making to Nicodemus was, this is a foreshadowing of actually what I'm about to do. You put the serpent, Jesus represented sin, he became sin for us, on the pole, which was the cross, and the people looked and they accepted, they, they received that instruction, they obeyed what God said, they weren't stiff-necked. They just obeyed it, and God saved them. This that's simple. But so He says, he, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so even the, must the Son of Man be lifted up. So He hadn't yet died on the cross, but He was telling Nicodemus this is about to happen. Then He says that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. What's Jesus talking about? Well, Jesus always talks about the most important things: perishing and eternal life. The most two important things. Do you want to perish and go to hell, which is eternal and forever, no end? Or do you want to have eternal life, which is with God, goodness, blessing, eternal life and goodness? For God, we know this verse, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But we don't often get uh, the next verse, which is... Yeah, let me read that. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Sometimes we say, oh, God is just condemning everything. No, we're condemned already. That's right. But that he came to save the world. I mean, he came on a great rescue mission. Mm-hmm. He who believes on him, verse 18, is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. So, so we're already condemned. We're already in the building that's on fire, and he came to rescue us. So the Son of Man came into the world, uh, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Like you said, it's already been condemned, but that but that the world through him might be saved. Yes, and it's through faith, it says, who, who believes in him. 
the word believe that means to trust and rely on completely. or call upon. Not, yeah. not not just a matter of oh yeah I believe, you know it's just a matter of uh, full trust. You put you living saying, it out, living it out because mm-hmm. this Jesus, you're my rescuer. The right. only hope I have, the only hope this world has, this is the message is to put their faith. In this Jesus is Christ. the message of hope that is being lost. I think there is a revival going on. I'm not saying there's not, but is lost amid all the mandates and the and the frightening things that and the terrifying things Satan is handing down from his magistrates uh, to corral the people, confuse the people, distract the people, tr- frighten the people. You and I must not be intimidated or frightened or deceived or, or bewitched or distracted by all of these because this is not our job to protect people. I mean, yeah, it's, it's nice to stand up for righteousness uh, in, the, in the political arena, but, and that's important. But our first job is to make disciples, you know, bring the gospel well, of Jesus, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, because he says here, listen to this in verse 18, um, he who believes is not condemned. He who believes is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. For this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And it's interesting that Satan makes the darkness look like light to the people. And he's called an angel of light for that reason, because he can shape shift. He can psych people out. He can deceive. He can make you believe that what you're doing is good and, and it's fine and it's no big deal. Uh, what, <laughs> so he, the way he comes across is that practicing evil mm-hmm. is the way to save yourself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how that's his, good he is at his, lying. That's how he... That's how he, uh, Satan operates. But he also says here, whoever practices evil hates the light. Well, what is evil? What is light? What is the law of God? The law of God is to love one another, love, care for their soul, care for their eternal destiny. That's really what love is. Love is I love you enough to risk my life to tell you the truth because I love the fact that you have an eternal soul and it will go to heaven or hell. And therefore, true love lays down its life for the lost. And that's exactly what Jesus wants us to do. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deed should be exposed. So they're already blackmailed and intimidated and think they have to stay in the dark so that no one will know. But God already knows. Um, but he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So we're living in a world right now that, for the most part, hates the light. Anybody that stands for the truth Anyone who stands for righteousness has become an enemy of the state, and and so there's a there's an increasing well, hatred uh, because of the great darkness upon people. There's an increasing hatred for the light and for the truth. And the the state that we represent is the eternal state of the kingdom of God, and so when you know enemies of the state, we're enemies of this fallen this, world this in a fallen way world. because we are amb- ambassadors of righteousness ministers well, disciples well, jesus said you know the gospel don't, don't marvel if the world hates you because they hated me they hated, the world hated him for the most part and the world will hate us as believers for the most so part. what's this condemnation it's it's really the bottom line is people who are condemned are going to hell and we say oh god doesn't do that god is love god will never make a god didn't make hell for us Satan, he made hell for Satan, but Satan, those who follow Satan will go where Satan is. And that's mm-hmm. breaking God's heart. And that's why God wants you and I to open your mouth, get out of your, 
your comfort zone. Get out of your afraidness and, and start to tell people about Jesus. I think the Lord is just going to compel people, um, anoint people and compel them to begin to speak up and pray and lay their hands on the sick and things. He's going to have to do that because it only comes from him. We're living in a world right now that there's so many spirits of fear and intimidation. You know, shut it down. But it's nothing. In, in the book of Acts, Excuse me, the religious leaders were saying, shut this down. We, we, we can't have you preaching Jesus well, anymore. Well, we're, we're going we're gonna, to, we're threatening you, we're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. You cannot speak the truth. We're we may be within years, literally months, years, days, hours, we don't know, of Jesus coming back, Jesus Christ, the return of the king. And at that point, it's all done. It's too late. You're in or out. There's no more going back. There's no more, you know, 20 more centuries that we can try to figure this thing out. So, well, another thing too, it's what about your life? You know, what about our lives? Who knows how long we're going to be here? Right. Uh, and, and the Bible says in, in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 55, it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Mm-hmm. Call upon him while he is near. Mm-hmm. You say, well, I can get saved anytime I want to. No, you can't. You can get saved. Doesn't it say, let the wicked forsake his ways and an unrighteous man his thoughts and mm-hmm. let him, you know, return unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, while he may be found, when there's an opportunity, because what every time you 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 know Jesus. the Lord keeps speaking to your heart, but when you you know you Hardness. there's people get hardened well, like Pharaoh. Pharaoh got Moses confronted Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart, and then after a while, God hardened his heart. Well, Jesus is the expert here on eternal life, what's really going down, what's really going to happen. Not some guru, not even some prophets. Prophets only have parts of the story. Jesus is the expert. And in, in first, Second Thessalonians 2.10, it says, when we refuse the love of the truth, when we push it off, push it aside, no later, not now, not important. When we, it says in, in verse, uh, the coming of the lawless one, this is chapter 2, verse 9 of Second Thessalonians, um, the coming of the lawless one, is according to the working of Satan, with all powers, signs, and lying wonders. That's where we're at right now, and those signs, lying wonders, and powers are going to increase even to the point where they're going to possibly deceive even the very elect, if possible. That's what that's what Jesus said. But here he says, um, lying, lying signs and wonders that all that and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. So Satan is. He's got permission, basically, because these people have already agreed with him. They've, they've fallen for the lies. They're following him. That gives him permission. Once you follow Satan and listen to his lies, he doesn't need to go to God for permission. Your sin and refusing to confess your sin gives Satan the right to deceive you, and you then at that point don't know you're being deceived because that's what deception is. Mm-hmm. You don't know. He says, um, he says, with all unrighteousness, unrighteous deception among those who perish because why they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved they didn't ask the question what must i do to be saved and they didn't pursue the answer and no one else told them about that you know how many people in this world have no clue possibly that there's even a god that there's a jesus christ that there's a cross how many people have not even yet heard it or they heard it but the 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 word was snatched away from them by satan as jesus talks about in the parable of the sower and the soil um so for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. God is required through the rule, whom you yield yourself, servant to obey his slave, you become. He's required through the rule to allow Satan 
to deceive them. So God, you're saying God will send them a strong delusion, but God doesn't do that because God doesn't lie. He doesn't tempt people, according to James, nor can he be tempted with evil. But he has to permit Satan to take his options, which are to bring this strong delusion of fear and and uh, self-preservation and deception and there's no hell and a good I mean Satan has reworked the gospel of Jesus Christ so many different ways that it, it's it's unworkable unless you get to the right gospel the true pure gospel of Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us since the rest of them are all concoctions of Satan to 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 confuse us and one of the concoctions of Satan is is what we'd call universalism that somehow Every, somehow everybody's going to be saved. God is just this big, uh, soft, mushy granddaddy in heaven that all wants every. You know, He wants everybody saved, but not everybody's going to be saved. Mm-hmm. And so, so sometimes we think, you know, I, you know, people that pass away, and God, God knows the hearts. God's the final judge and everything. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they 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 li- as far as we know, they lived lived for the devil. And and then when they when they pass away, they oh yeah they're in heaven. Well, we don't we we are not here to judge. We're not to judge that. But the thing is too. But there is the truth that we but must there preach. There is there is this wishy washy kind of idea that sort of when you die you go to heaven. Mm-hmm. You're you're up there somewhere. That's a scary thing because a lot of people believe that is the truth. But here, you know, the problem with salvation is there's a lot of issues, a lot of arguments, a lot of barricades that surround the truth of true repentance. Uh, and salvation, like you were mentioning, you know, Jerry, uh, so, you know, um, like getting past those mental barriers. If God is so good, then why would there be a hell? No, there's no hell. Um, do the best you can. Um, all roads lead to heaven. God wants us to be mm-hmm. happy. Uh, mm-hmm. Do what seems right in your own eyes. That's in Judges 21. Um, there's a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's Proverbs 14:12. 12. Um, we're all, you know, given these reasons, these distractions. These are demonic arguments that would keep us from pursuing, breaking through these barriers of reasoning and lies to get to the core truth that Jesus Christ saves us. And if we're not saved, we're lost and we're going to hell. That's the, the bottom line that Satan does not want us to get to. Um, and so that's what makes it hard for people to, they don't even realize there's a battle for their soul. They don't even get it for the most part. Well, you know, the Bible says that we should be sharing the gospel. Uh, that's our, our, our duty. We're on this rescue mission. Mm-hmm. And um, he says, this gospel shall be preached in all the world to all nations, and then the end shall come. Yeah, in in Second Corinthians, very, very sharp, very shocking. Uh, chapter 5, verse 9. Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Now that's the aim of the believer. We want to please the Lord, lay down our own life, follow him. That's what Jesus says. If you're my disciples, you lay down your life, you know, and follow me. Uh, be, be well pleasing, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, yes, there are things we, we must appear before the judgment seat to receive that um, that examination. But our true, but be, but but. That's not what gets us into heaven, whether we have done more good deeds than bad deeds. What gets us into heaven is accepting Jesus Christ. That's your ticket into heaven. If you don't have a wedding garment, you can't go to the wedding feast. Well, Jesus, his whole message and the message of Peter in the New Testament and our message 
is repent and believe the gospel. Uh-huh. In other words, change your mind, change your direction. You're going one way. Mm-hmm. You're, you're on your way to hell. You're on your way to the lake of fire. You're on your way with sin. Turn turn around. Go right. the opposite way. Well, Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Paul goes on to say in verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We are, But we are well known to God, and I'm sure are also to your consciences, for we do not commend ourselves to you. Um, but, but, he's, but listen, the terror of knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. What did Paul do to make people know the gospel? What did he, what was he willing to, he laid down his life completely. He was in about what, three shipwrecks, got chased and beaten how many times? Stoned, riots. Uh, and then he went to Rome and he knew about. he was going to die in Rome, but he was determined to bring those people the gospel. He was determined to, it was not, uh, to live as Christ. I'm not my own. To live as Christ, to die as gain. And, he gave us awesome, you know, instruction through the epistles. But that's the intensity, I think, that's required these days again to not love your life. He who seeks to save his life will lose it. He who loses it for my sake will keep it. This is the kind of, you know, determination or commitment we must make, not only to the Lord, but to those who are lost. Yeah, there's a, a song by a songwriter of the past, Keith Green, that said, I pledge my head to heaven for the gospel. You know, it it's it's going to be it's going to take that. It's going to take that. It's going to take people with courage. Yeah. Um. You know, they, we we want it soft. We want it easy. We want it seeker friendly. We want it comfortable. Mm-hmm. We want lounge chairs in our churches, and um, yeah. You know, should I be carried to the skies in flowery beds of ease when others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas and yeah. uh, the old hymn writer yeah. put it so yeah well it, in luke in luke 16 jesus is very sharp again very clear he tells the story of the parable of the rich young, uh, the, the rich man and lazarus and he's describing of course lazarus who died and went to be in abraham's bosom he was carried there by the angels verse 22 uh and he died and was buried um and but the, but the, the but be the the I mean that Lazarus was carried into the bosom of Abraham, but the rich man died also, and he was in torment, the torment of Hades, and he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, then he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me and let Lazarus listen to this, um, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. And cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. How much water can you carry on the tip of your finger? And you carry that to your tongue. You're, you're that desperate for a drop of water or a drop of, of uh, refreshing in the midst of this terrible place. Um, and then Abraham says to him, you know, you had your chance, basically. Um, besides, we can't get back and forth between us and you. And then he says, well, then please, please for, you know, then he's thinking about others finally. He says, well, then go send somebody to my brothers who are still alive, that they'll turn from their wicked ways and not end up like me. I mean, finally, he's getting the idea of selflessness here. And Abraham says, uh, well, you know, if if they don't believe Moses, then how are they going to believe if one rose from the dead? And he was referring to Jesus. Jesus was referring to himself that he's going to rise from the dead you know, beat the odds of death completely, come out of the grave, live again, tell the people about Jesus, about God, send, ascend to heaven, and still, with that great sign, people were still going to go and turn away, be distracted, blinded 
by the God of this world who blinds the eyes, you know, of those who, um, that's, you know, again, that's first, second Corinthians four, three through four. He blinds their eyes. It's just too hard to look at. So in, in Revelation 21, eight, it says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This is basically where we are as a human race. Mm -hmm. Um, This describes a a person who has not put their faith in Jesus, who has not repented, who has not changed their life, their direction. But then there's a mandate to us. We're not, we, you know, the mandate is Proverbs uh, 24. 24, 11. He says, deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. Mm-hmm. So basically the human race is stumbling through the slaughter and yeah. we're, we're the rescuers. And if you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render each man according to his deeds? So if we know someone is dying and on their way to hell, and we, d- we have an opportunity and don't do something to try to you know, communicate truth mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. that will set them free, the gospel that will set them free, yeah. then you know, it's, it's not good for us. Well, when Jude's, we know and we don't the, do, we're in trouble. Jude says, um, verse 17, But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. Well, is that not accurate? There are sensual persons or soulish or worldly persons who cause divisions. <laughs> spirit of offense, divisions, are we there? Mm-hmm. Not having the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourself up in, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you have a prayer language, pray it, use it. Keep yourselves in the love of God. That's impo- that's hard to, to do these days because keeping ourselves in the love of God will protect us from being un, uh, offended, angry, uh, infuriated by the things that are going on and will keep us from being distracted and pulled off course by those injustices. So keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and to eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the gar- garments defiled by the flesh. So there are some that are so close to death, so close to hell. They're literally moments, seconds with it, away from it. And yet we have brave people who go into their bed, go into their hospital rooms, go into their this and that, and pray them out of that terror into heaven. And God is so merciful that even at the last second, if you turn, he will have mercy and save. That's because he is so good beginning with Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Mm-hmm. And these signs will, will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They mm-hmm. will speak mm-hmm. with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it shall by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And so... It says, and they went out everywhere. They went out and preached everywhere, verse 20 of Mark 16. And the Lord, the Lord working with, with them, them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. They went out. So, so they went out. These res- this rescue squad of mm-hmm, believers mm-hmm. went out and preached everywhere. They paid a terrific price. All the tw- uh, apostles except the apostle John 
you know, other Judas committed suicide. Uh, the apostle John died in, uh, in, an, in his old, but the rest of them were all, all martyred. We're all, yeah. we're all tortured and martyred, executed in various Jesus. ways. And all suffered. He, he suffered too. So, so folks, don't expect it to be easy in these days. No. But do what is glorious mm-hmm. because it is glorious to do what the Lord is calling us to do. God give you, and I, you and me, courage Amen. to move forward. Courage, guts. Wisdom. That we won't be intimidated by all the stuff that's going on. D- we in won't our world. be distracted. That distraction and intimidation is the order of the day. Lord, we Lies. pray. Yes, we so, pray. So help us, Lord, mm-hmm. to overcome, to increase our courage, our mm-hmm. boldness. Holy boldness, Holy Spirit, fill us. Yes. They so that like they did in the book of Acts, they spoke the word of God with boldness. boldness. This is our day to shine. We're here at the end of the age. Uh, God has placed us here as His faithful servants. He chose us out of the billions that He has created to represent Him in these last days and to be that rescue squad. So, Father God, I pray for each one here listening that whatever is encumbering them, whatever is oppressing them, whatever is attacking them, whether it's mental, in their minds, in their marriages, in their finances, anything Satan is trying to do to distract them, discourage them, defeat them, or or take them off course, Father, I pray that you'd quickly correct their course, correct their attitudes, correct their hearts, speak to your people clearly, Lord God, by your Spirit, that we will have no doubt, well, is this God or isn't this God? And you will make yourself known to your servants, Lord God, and that we thank you again for the angels of the Most High that defend us, that protect us, and for your workmanship in us, Lord God, to cause us to be 100% fruitful for you and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.